Hello there, I'm George Hall and welcome back to the Good Growth Podcast. Last week I interviewed Joe Hyder and got her answers to 10 quickfire e-commerce questions. Today I'll be doing the same with Sarah Auerbach. Sarah is also a consultant director here at Good Growth and her background in fashion, cosmetics, events and communications means she'll hopefully have some great insights to share with you all. Sarah, thank you very much for joining me today. Thank you, George. Sarah, I've, I've got to ask, um, are you excited for Christmas yet? Has it sunk in yet that it's only just around the corner? It has finally sunk in. We've got the tree up and it feels festive. Yeah, but I'm definitely someone who I have to wait until the 1st of December in order to put up the tree. Oh, I know what you mean. A, a real purist. It's nice to hear. Absolutely. <laughs> well, we will get cracking with our e-commerce questions. So kicking things off with a bit of a look back at 2022, I'm, I'm keen to hear if there's a brand that's that's particularly impressed you over the last t- 12 months that's really stuck out. There is. And, you know, for me, it has to be Sephora. And why it's it sort of you know, impressed me in 2022 is that Sephora released its app and online shopping in the UK back in October. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it feels, although it's been around for a while, it, it sort of came back in in sort of in front of my eyes a bit more in 2022. Sure. Um, and there are really two main reasons that it stands out for me. Um, the first is is the way that this brand embraces personalization. And the second is the way it, it really effectively combines the best of of in-store and online shopping. So it always gives that true omnichannel experience. Sure. Um, So personalization, you know, it's loyalty program is unbelievable. They've got tiers, they've got relevant bespoke uh, product recommendations. Uh, They've got beauty advice, opportunity to try before you buy. It's an absolute beauty lover's dream. Um, But they've also got the Sephora app. And really that app helps to bridge the you know the, the the gap between the offline and the online and the idea is that you know you have your your um your, your almost your Sephora sales associate that helps you helps recommend products that helps review products and it just makes the process super easy so it's very very simple and friction free Perfect. No, it's good to hear. We we do love to hear about friction-free websites. I know Joe Hyder in particular will, will love to hear about that one. Um, and then looking ahead to, to next year, to 2023, are there any brands, any econ brands that you think we should we should be keeping an eye on, that, that we should be watching out for? Yeah, well, I think so. The wellness market has been booming, and I think that's going to that's gonna continue. Um, okay. Consumers in 2023 are going to continue to spend money on products that, that improve their health, improve their fitness, improve their mindfulness. Sure. Um, but actually, it was McKinsey report that coined it really well. So the future of wellness is connected and customized. So my e-com brand to watch out for in 2023 is the Ura Ring. Okay. Um, so it's founded in Finland. Um, and it's a, it's essentially a health tracking ring that tracks your sleep, your heart rate, your activity levels, your training frequency, and it enables you to feel your best and completely monitor your lifestyle. Now, they've even launched a limited edition collaboration with Gucci. So it's definitely on my radar in an e-com brand to keep an eye on. Perfect. I'm guessing it's a lot easier to use than you know a, a bracelet or a, an arm strap or whatever. So Super easy. And then we've already touched on yeah. a few opportunities for e-com brands in the next 12 months, a few key themes that have popped up. Keen to hear as well about what you think the, the main challenge might be for e-com retailers in 2023. Well, I think there are a lot, actually, George. Um, it's going to be a tough year, but I think one that really stands out for me is, is customer acquisition. Of course. 
it's going to become harder. It's going to continue to become more expensive. So brands are going to have to double down on engaging and retaining their existing users. So for that reason, you know, brands are going to have to really adopt a customer-centric approach. Yeah, absolutely. And the more that those companies know about their, their customer audience, their behavior, then the more that they can develop those meaningful relationships with them. Um, so it, it's going to be, t- I think also that, you know, acquiring customers is more expensive. So in addition to not only having to really engage your existing user base, mm-hmm. companies are going to have to really understand their marketing channels even more effectively. They're going to have to understand what role and what commercial contribution their marketing channels provide. And in order to do that, they'll be able to invest better. Sure. Well, it's, it's interesting that you mentioned being customer centric there. Um, we talk about things like customer service and, and how obviously it's huge in store. What's your view on customer service online? Does it still have a place for, for e-com retailers in 2023? Oh my goodness. Yeah. I mean, it, I look, it always has, and it always will. Um, Funny enough, I was, I was reading a, a Microsoft report recently that said, um, I was quite shocked by this, but it said 96% of customers say that customer service is a factor in their decision to buy and stay loyal to a brand. Blimey, okay. Um, so brands that don't provide a seamless, um, uh, a helpful or, an, or a reactive customer service they're bound to suffer and it's not good enough to hide away you know your customer service contact in the foot of your website surface it make it clear offer your customers various ways of communicating with you and and it will it will it will double you know it will help you in the long term sure and then a theme that you you touched on earlier on with sephora was personalization and just just keen to get your view on on personalization going forward because the industry press flag it as is one of the big themes for 23 and beyond do, do you agree is personalization going to be critical for the next however many years i mean absolutely and you know you i'm sure i highlighted it with sephora um individualizing and and personalizing experience um that's that's always going to be crucial sure um it streams like the it streamlines the buying process it remo- removes that friction that we talked about earlier i think where things will differ in 2023 is that brands will have to move away from simple personalization so you know your, okay. your customer name your your geo targeting your purchase history and they're going to have to move to hyper personalization. Sure. So they're going to have to look deeper into the browsing history, the purchasing history, and use real time data to really zero in on on their customers, uh, their customers' wants, their customers' needs, their customers' pain points. And that's harder because to do that, you need you need a lot of data, you need a lot of analytics, you need a lot of insight, you need a lot of automation. But it's that that's going to set brands apart from others and then we've spoken a lot about the consumer journey acquiring customers keeping customers right at the end of the consumer's journey obviously you've got the basket you've got the checkout how important do you think payment options particularly those like Klarna the buy now pay later ones will be in in 2023 I think super important and with with you know the buy now pay uh, sorry buy now pay later options you've got obviously Klarna this clear pay they're going to help you to attract new customers who obviously want to spread their payments um, with, with, you know, not be charged interest. It's also going to help you convert customers in the sense that customers are not necessarily going to have to wait for payday in order to make their purchase. Okay. 
but it's not just Klarna and 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 other you know other payment solutions like that. It's it's offering um, a wide range of payment solutions. It's going to it's going to help create a better shopping experience. You're going to have you know reduce abandoned cart rates. Um, and it's also going to build trust because it shows that you you value a customer's preference and and you know and value their security and put that into consideration. So it's it's hugely important. Well, it's interesting you mentioned valuing preferences there. Um, one thing that we've seen customers put real value on, and also brands put real value on, is sustainability. Going forward, given that we're in a cost of living crisis, given that you know customers are having to be more uh, wary of what they're buying and how much it costs, do you think that sustainability might begin to take a bit of a back seat? I would really hope not, um, but I, I think there is a risk. I think there is a risk. Um, so again, I read a, a recent Kantar report, mm-hmm. and it said it revealed that only one in three consumers that are struggling with the cost of living actively seek out sustainable brands. And that compares with 53% of those who are financially comfortable. So it's it's a worry going forward. Um, my view on this is that the real responsibility lies with the brands. So they're the ones that need to address sustainability. They've got to address those issues directly. They've got to reduce waste, stamp out labor exploitation, and essentially more has to be done to enable customers and consumers to make the right choices, you know, at an affordable cost. And then going back to something you mentioned in your Sephora answer right at the start, which shows uh, how good of an answer it was. Um, we spoke about how you know the app experience, the online experience, the in-store experience all needs to be intertwined and, and, and stabilized, really. What would you say to brands and retailers who aren't yet investing in omni-channel activity? I mean, for me, you know, start now start now because you've got to place you've got to place your customers at the core of the marketing funnel you've got to offer them that seamless experience and by doing so you can really deliver the right message at the right time to the right customer and without omnichannel you're going to have these siloed marketing campaigns and really lose the ability to to understand what is success how to analyze the success and that ultimately it's going to affect your ability to measure impact and your ability to have you know to create any any difference within your organization so it's it's crucial absolutely crucial perfect so so almost the best time to start was was yesterday (laughs) yeah exactly excellent and then into my uh, favorite business end questions the real fun ones um Sarah, I know you said you've only you only put your tree up on the first. Have you finished your Christmas shopping? Have you started it? Is stuff in baskets? What's what's the current situation? No, definitely, definitely haven't finished, but I have started. Um, I mean, gosh, we we I know that we commissioned some research recently at Good Growth um, on on sort of shopping, you know, Christmas shopping, and almost a third of respondents said that they had started their shopping for Christmas six weeks before. And I, I mean, I can only aspire to that. Um, I mean, in my family, I tend to, you know, the kids start giving me very unsubtle hints, um, sort of back way back in October. Um, but despite this, yeah, I, I can't quite get festive or ready to shop until I've at least heard Michael Bublé and Mariah Carey on the radio, and then I can really get started. Well, luckily for me, I've, I've managed to avoid Bublé so far this year, but um, plenty of wham and a bit of Mariah chucked in there as well. Uh, and then on to our on to our final e-commerce question, and perhaps I guess the ultimate e-com question. Um, Sarah Auerbach, what was the last thing that you bought online? 
Well, actually, George, it's it's interesting that because I know that, you know, on LinkedIn, you've created this good growth advent calendar. <laughs> I have. Thank you very much for the plug. Pleasure. But um, so actually, the last thing I bought was advent calendars for the whole family. And I, I love the way that calendars are becoming more and more eclectic each and every year. Now, I have to say we've gone traditional. Um, kids have got lint. Um, I've got Tony Chocoloni, um, and even the dog Cosmo has his own Lily's Kitchen advent calendar. So everyone is happy now, everyone. Some solid purchases. Well, Sarah, thank you very much for your time today and, and for coming on the Good Growth Podcast. It's been fantastic to get your answers and your insights as always. And all that's left for me is to wish you a very happy Christmas and a, and a fantastic new year. And happy Christmas to you too, George. Thanks, Sarah.